Welcome to The Wondering Mind, a podcast where we have candid conversations in hopes to break mental health stigmas and normalize speaking up about our mental health. Through this podcast, we will connect you to a diverse range of folks from all around the world who have struggled with their mental health, but have learned to weather through the storm. By listening to their stories, you may begin to feel empowered, less alone, and you may discover new ways that will help you navigate through your own mental health struggles. So sit back, relax, and remember, everyone's story matters. innovative way to relax and center your mind? If so, I have the perfect solution for you. The Wondering Mind podcast has teamed up with Louisville Salt Cave to give you a special rate on their incredible single Halo Therapy session. Halo Therapy is a salt therapy that involves breathing in air with tiny salt particles to improve your breathing. It is considered an alternative treatment for lung problems such as asthma, bronchitis, and cough. It can also help with depression, anxiety, and much more. We're giving you $12 off your first single Halo Therapy session when you book online and use the code WONDER22. To book your session, go to www.LouisvilleSaltCave.com. Are you having a hard time finding a good therapist for you? Matcha Health is the best match in healthcare. They believe in a future where you can be more open with your therapists and doctors, where you can look forward to seeing them because you know and feel that they care about you, and that no matter what insurance you have, you can find someone quickly and that you can have a long-lasting relationship with. Matcha's mission is to eliminate the shopping around for a therapist experience. They use data, science, and personality tests to match and create the most successful relationship seen in healthcare. They make it a point to create a diverse and vibrant space for people and providers to grow and a place where you can find help at any time in your healthcare journey. For a free first session, Use code YAY000 at checkout when you visit www.matchahealth.io. Welcome to the Wondering Mind podcast. I'm your host, Emily Elizabeth. Joining me today, I have a very special guest. She is a licensed social clinical social worker, the founder of Whole Family Healing Group, and she is also a huge part of a new documentary that is being released called Hush, that's based off of um, the importance of Black mental health and spreading awareness and making access to resources. Maisha Rice, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure to have you. 
Hello, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. It's been a long time coming and I'm just really happy to be here to speak to your fabulous audience. Super thrilled to have you because connections like these are so incredible because mm -hmm. we like we connected on social media. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's the beautiful side of social media that yes. we need to talk more about of how it brings people together. Yes. And how you found me and you reached out. And as soon as you reached out and told me about this documentary, I was like, wow. <laughs> yes, I'll do whatever, <laughs> mm -hmm. whatever you want to spread awareness because I think it's yes. so incredible. So I'm excited for the listeners to get to know you a little bit more and to talk about the film. Yes. So I guess let's start with your personal mental health journey and why you wanted to take on a career in the mental health field. Well, so, <laughs> so before I actually came to the mental health field, I was in communications and uh, mass media. My undergraduate degree is in journalism, mass communication, and I spent a number of years in TV, media, news, film. I did some radio marketing and worked in the entertainment industry for, for a good bit of time, planning events and working with artists and doing marketing plans and things of that nature. Wow. Uh, little fast forward, I moved to Atlanta to continue the entertainment side of the work that I was doing and found out my mom was diagnosed with stage four metastatic breast cancer. Mm. So here we are in the, the month of breast cancer awareness. And I found that out and my world literally changed. Um, I left the career that I was, you know, in, engaged in and just took time to take care of my mom. Literally, just literally took care of her day and night, was by her side. And I remember she had to stay in the hospital for, she was in there for probably at least a month, at wow. least a month. And at that time, you know, of course my mom couldn't work and I'm not sure if her insurance would cover everything that she had to do, um, you know, for, for treatment for breast cancer. And we needed a letter from a social worker in the hospital. And I just remember how we were treated. Mm. And she, it was like, she didn't really want to help us. I don't know if it would, I felt like it was, you know, a lot of bias, race and um, racial bias and just probably thinking we didn't need it or didn't have a lot of whatever she felt like we should have or felt like we should have or she didn't think we deserved to have what we were asking for I'll never forget that moment and when I decided to change careers I met someone who introduced me to the uh, field of social work and I told her I was like you know I was thinking about that I always felt like I would never treat someone the way my mom and I were treated. Didn't matter your race, your gender. I don't care, you know, what your socioeconomic class is, your background. It didn't matter because in that moment we needed help, you know, yeah. <laughs> my mom wanted to live. Whatever we needed, we really needed it. And we just didn't get the support. So that's basically how I transitioned into social work. And, and initially I was going to do 
I wanted to do oncology social work, but I felt like once I got into the field, I felt like that may not be the route I wanted to take, but would still serve women who are dealing with breast cancer because that can, sometimes the underlying issues with women who have breast cancer or depression, anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, so I always wanted to work with women, you know, from that angle versus me having to be in a hospital working in a um, oncology unit. So that's how I kind of got into, <laughs> into the field. That's beautiful. Like it really is because it's such a personal connection yeah. and tie to why. Mm -hmm. It's also kind of wild because you were in a totally different space. I know, before. I know, I know. I know. I know. Right. And working to actually now merge the two because huh. I love mass media. I love communication. Even before I went to school for that, you know, growing up, I was in um, in the arts. I played music, act, dance. I did all of that stuff. So I'm an art, you know, TV person. And now that I do this work, I remember the challenges that people in the entertainment industry went through and that they still go through and how they really need someone who understands the business and everything that they go through. And um, in doing some research, I found that there are more people in the entertainment industry dealing with mental health than what people realize. And research says that it's best to have a therapist or counselor or someone in mental health who understands the industry. So that would be me, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I've been working, you know, for a few years now to actually merge the two. And that's how also I got involved with the film because one of my friends actually saw the post for, you know, the, the search for cast. So she sent it to me and thought it'd be great because it was someone that I actually used to work with in the music industry. Yeah, I know, right? That is wild. It's like all so serendipitous. Yes. That's yes. so cool. It's like surreal. It really is. <laughs> it is. Because again, they're two career from a career standpoint, they yes. are two totally, yep. totally different worlds. But you are so right yep. when you say that they need to be merged. Yes. There needs to be people, professionals on staff, on sets, you know, accessible in yes. those environments that those people in the entertainment industry are usually in, you know, rather than them just doing things, you know, on their own time. It needs to right. be where they are at and meeting yes. them where they're at right then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I, I've been working with uh, a young lady by the name of Noel, and I'm going to keep riding with her on this thing until we, we get on these tour buses and the venues, yeah. like seriously, in the record labels, on the TV sets, movie sets, everything. So that's amazing. That's so true what you're saying. Yeah. Cause I can't imagine well, I, I think about it all the time and, you know, eventually I'd love to have some celebrities or people in the entertainment industry yeah. that are actually in there working on the show to talk about just how different that side of thing side of things is from a mental health perspective, because they don't get to deal with things privately at all. 
whether it's in the immediate public eye or whether they have people around them all the time yes. or whether their schedule really just doesn't allow them any downtime whatsoever. Yeah. Yep. And if they were to take downtime, then they're quote unquote losing money, whatever the situation may be. Yeah. So it's just really amazing that you recognize that and that you literally have the tools. <laughs> I know. To bridge that gap. That's so yep. cool. Yep. Yep. I'm grateful. I'm truly grateful. So let's talk a little bit about the film. You said that you had a friend reach out after she saw the post or they saw the post and sent it to you and you were like, oh, okay. And you already kind of knew the individual who was promoting the, 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 the post searching for cast members. So what has that experience been like for you? How did you end up getting involved? What is your role in the film? And Tell us a little bit about it. It's been amazing. So Hush, uh, which also represents Help Us Say Help, uh, was written, produced, directed by Mr. Antoine Lindsay. And my dear friend, Desiree, she, who is actually a breast cancer survivor, she sent, I know, I know, she (laughs) sent the, uh, I guess, the post to me where they were searching for cast members Mm -hmm. and they were looking for mental health professionals to join a cast to discuss Black mental health in a new documentary that was to be filmed. This was two, two almost three years ago now. Wow. Yeah. So I was, she's like, well, I don't know if anything is going to come of it, but I just want to send it to you anyway. And it was probably like one in the morning. And I was like, <laughs> this is really cool. And I was like, oh, well, let me just fill it out because you never know. Filled it out, sent it in. And I got called back for, uh, I guess, like an interview um, audition. Mm-hmm. and did the first one and then I got called back for the second one and then found out that I was going to be a part of the cast and then you know COVID happened and it postponed the filming and postponed a lot of things you know that that were planned to be done and last fall we were actually able to film and wow. started the screening tour this past fall Wow. Yep. That is crazy. So what has the experience been like for you and how much have you learned? And also what is like the focus of the film and your tie to that rather? Yeah. So the film is, is discussing black mental health and it takes us along slavery times and how that era really does impact what a lot of people of color go through today. And to, you know, make the connection, because sometimes you don't understand, like, why am I going through this? Or why am I feeling this? Or why, like, as a race, we have to go through or endure so much or maybe not have, or, you know, so many different things. And so when it takes you through what we went through as a people, and how a lot of things were taken away from us, a lot of things were out of our control, it really does help to give a new perspective on why we need to seek mental health. It is to help spark conversations in our own homes and families and communities about making resources more accessible, easily accessible, free if possible, you know, and whenever possible, you know, to really help us. It gives us a way to verbalize, you know, like what we're going through and to help erase the stigma from, you know, really saying, you know, I need help 
taking mm-hmm. off the Superman, Superwoman cape. Yes. And just say, you know, I am not good. And I really do truly need help. And that's something that we struggle with and went and have struggled with, you know, um, for a long time. My portion of the film is about healing and it's giving people a perspective on their healing journey and knowing that one of the things that I say in the film, and you'll probably also hear it in the trailer, is that there's no destination to the healing process. It is like, yeah, let's snap on it. Let's snap on it. Seriously. It's like there are levels to it. And I say this to my clients all the time. You are not going to get to a point where you are just going to be happy, healed, whole every single day. It's Hmm. not going to happen. Like it's not even realistic. No, we can get you there. You can get there, but just know that it's just grounding you and preparing you for the next thing that you may have to deal with. (laughs) Unfortunately, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) So that's, you know, basically my involvement and, and what I'm, you know, working on in there. I think it's fucking incredible Yes, that you all are or have put this together and taken the time and your energy and your expertise and your experiences Mm -hmm. and put it all into this documentary. Yes. And it sounds like it's a little bit different from things that are currently out there right now, because what's out there right now is not necessarily focusing on the mental health aspect of how the trauma affects the individuals. Mm -hmm. It literally just pertains to the history and the trauma solely itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think it's amazing that you all are laying it all out there in a different way and really going all in on the mental health aspect of things because Obviously, I'm a white woman, so I can't speak for the black experience right. and I never would want to. Right. But I've talked to a lot of people on the show mm-hmm. who have expressed what they've experienced and gone through. Yeah. And it's fucked up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, there really is no other way to put it. Yeah. And what's even more fucked up is that a lot of people that identify as African-American or a black individual in America don't even recognize like you said a little bit earlier the extent of where that trauma is stemming from and how far back it actually goes Mm -hmm. I mean there's so much to have to unravel there generational I mean really generational trauma is you know one of the things that he discusses and and just to speak on what is out there and how Hush is different. It's different in that it's not spewing out a, a lot of numbers and data. And that's one thing that, you know, Antoine talks about and how he doesn't want to have a film and didn't want to have a film that was just talking about numbers and data. He wanted a film where no matter where you came from or where, what your education level was or is, because we know a lot of African-Americans um, have been challenged with education from, yeah. you know, way back in the day, we weren't allowed to study or be educated Um, And a lot of that has been even passed down, but he wanted to make sure to have a film that, you know, he says people in his own family who are from the hood or from wherever can still understand what's being said. Mm. You know, it's not a bunch of big words, not a lot of textbook, but us as professionals making the information easily understood. 
you know, same way there's a different translation of the Bible, you know, that's easily understood. He wanted to make a film about Black mental health that can speak to us and, and is also understood. And a lot of things are more easily, you know, digested. I think that's incredible for him to even like think of that. Right. Because again, there's so many people who, again, don't have that capacity. They don't have the education, right? that perspective, that self-awareness enough to watch a film like that and really take it all in and then move forward and like implement it into their own life or have those kinds of conversations. They just kind of immediately will default back to their old ways and those are the people that need to be targeted those are the people that need a lot of that help and support Mm -hmm. so I I think it's amazing that he did that and made it digestible for everyone to really take it all in and then you know move forward with what they've learned that's amazing exactly So what has the experience been like for you? How has it shaped your mental health? You know, starting out in COVID and getting all excited and then ready to go. And then all that shit happened. And you were like, what the fuck? Right. (laughs) And then having to go on and then do the film and talk about all that stuff. I mean, what was that experience like for you? Um, uh, You know, it was, it was a roller coaster. COVID, who was prepared for COVID? I know I was not. Armageddon, nobody. <laughs> no. What? <laughs> At all. I'm just like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, even for my practice, like, I literally mm. had to pivot. Like, and I mean, not even just pivot. I probably had to do a 360 um, on how I was operating. I had to transition a population who was used to seeing me in person and not being on video and transition them without traumatizing them right to video and and trying to make my sessions just as amazing and just as therapeutic as if we were in person so that was even something for me because even though I was in the media and dancing and acting and singing (laughs) I'm not one one to be on camera and stuff like that (laughs) I'm like I probably felt the same way they did like I don't be on camera but you know but we had we had to do it you know I had people who were in crisis people who were suicidal I had kids who overnight could no longer see their friends no longer had access to their support system so everybody had to change and then when it came to the film it was like you know looking forward to going to do the filming you know had done you know I've been doing all the research on everything that I was going to be talking about in the film so to find out that it was going to be postponed for a year, I was like, oh, well, I, you know, I just had to wait and, you know, just keep doing the work. And yes. then when we got contacted to say that, hey, we're going to move forward, we're going to go ahead and film. And I actually got the date. I think I almost was like, I don't know if this is going to happen <laughs> or, you know. Are we no, sure? <laughs> yeah, we sure. I'm going to go ahead and fly down to Florida, but I'm hoping, wow. fingers crossed, that, you know, this is going to happen. But it all went through. The filming was amazing. He chooses a lot of beautiful, you know, different sets. Mine was outside. It was about healing. So, you know, my colors were like orange mm-hmm. and there was, you know, beautiful greenery. I'll have, I'm going to post some behind the scenes shots oh, cool. so people can see them. They'll see them on my page. Um, so, but it was, I mean, it was just beautiful. It was peaceful. It was, it was really, I think it was amazing. And the feedback that I've been getting 
Yeah, I mean, it really has it's been great. People are saying, you know, I didn't think about that part. It didn't dawn on me that that this could be affecting me. Of course, I've gotten more clients. I'm licensed in Florida now, so I was able, you know, to service some people um, in Florida. So that, I mean, it's really just been an amazing experience just overall. That's incredible. I'm glad it's actually starting to do what its purpose is, is to make yeah. people think and and take a step back and yeah, really work on thinking about things from a different perspective so mm-hmm. that they can work on healing and, and help others heal. Healing is so, is so important. Hence why I named the, you know, my company whole family mm-hmm. healing group. And there are many things intertwined in that name is that, you know, I wanted people to become whole. I want families to be able to heal and not just as a whole family, but also individuals know within the family system because often you may have one person in the home doing the work and then they try to come back home and it's like still toxic you can't do it no it's so difficult yeah it is so difficult for one person in the family or in the household or in the relationship to be doing the work and the other person isn't doing the work so I've created a safe space where everybody in that family feels safe to come. It's not just me. I have other amazing therapists who, who actually work with me. I could not do this without them. Absolutely could not do this without them. And we help heal whole families, literally, literally do that. And I, and I think that it's so amazing because my family was never afforded that opportunity. And, you know, even today we have family members who aren't speaking and haven't been speaking and haven't had good relationships for 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I I just feel like it's so unnecessary, you know, and it's hurtful because a lot of, you know, me and my cousins aren't, aren't close on my mom's side. A lot of my cousins and I are close on my dad's side. And I really attribute that to our aunts who um, are the matriarchs of our family because they really work hard, you know, to keep us together. But on my mom's side, it's just been difficult. There are a few of us, you know, who are close, but there are some people who just will not talk to each other. And that's one of the most, I think that's one of the most painful things. So I take that and I put it into my work and and I try to help families look at things from a different perspective and be able to love each other because that's really once we are all gone from this earth that's the one thing that will last forever and is love I still love my mom to this day yeah Mm -hmm. I just wish people would let down their egos and recognize exactly what you just said is like honestly at the end of the day really nothing else matters no because if you don't have connections if you don't have a support system right yeah, you're going to be depressed. You're going to be angry. You're going to hold grudges. You're, you know, you're, you're going to be miserable. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's, I bet it's extremely frustrating to see from your perspective, because you've done so much work, you continue to do so much work. And then the more your, your perspective starts to shift and evolve, you keep looking at your family members, like, come on now. Yeah. Yeah, I want (laughs) to please. Yes. This is like, ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're but, 
do, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's I think that's the thing that a lot of people have a hard time mm-hmm. digesting is people can only seek help or receive help if they want it. Exactly. You can never force someone into the healing journey. Mm-hmm which again, it's, it's really sad. And there's a lot tied to that. Yes. With everybody's experience. Yep. But I think it's incredible what you're doing, especially focusing on families because it all starts at home. Yep. Yep. Everything like generational trauma is real in all cultures and it all stems from your parents and then your great grandparents and so on and so forth. going through what they went through and then not having the tools and the resource and the accessibility to heal and to like work on themselves yep and not having conversations with us as we were growing up so let us know what they were going through and tell us like you know give us different ways on how to manage or because they didn't know (laughs) they didn't know they didn't know so now we're trying to trying to get people to know and just let people know, like, it really is safe, you know, to go mm-hmm. on this healing journey. And in my practice, you know, we require people to do work. Like, mm. you can't just think you're going to sit here with me mm. for an hour, two hours, that's it. <laughs> and that's it. Like, right. it doesn't work like that now. If that's what you, how you want it to work. Okay, let's see how it's going to work out for you. But no, I, I'm telling you, you know, and I tell people, like, I literally have done the work in it, in our, and I'm still working on myself to heal things as things are revealed throughout my life. And, and I still, still working on myself. And and I tell people like, no, it doesn't feel good to heal, to sit in your truth. And I talk about that in the film, like how a lot of people don't know how to sit in the truth of what has happened to them, who they are, they're too scared. where they are in life, yeah, too they afraid. don't. Yeah too afraid to recognize like what part did you play in where you are because we I played a part in it (laughs) whether I ignored something whether I just didn't want to admit something whether my self-esteem was low at the time or whatever Mm -hmm. I you know I played a part in it but that doesn't mean I need to beat myself up about I just need to recognize what it is and you know make sure that I just try to do better the next time not going to be perfect exactly well said because when you know better you're supposed to do better you try to do better you try (laughs) Try. to do better you know yeah (laughs) you try yeah it is so true though that a lot of people I mean who would want to well honestly if you think about it though it's like Mm -hmm. you have to compare yeah whether you want to stay where you're at and obviously something's off and you know you're not as happy or as fulfilled as you could be Versus taking the time to put in the work, go to therapy, do the, you know, utilize the tools, talk about the things, revisit some of that trauma. I mean, some people just aren't emotionally ready for that. But if you are, I mean, it's not easy. It, you know, it's worth it though. And sometimes what people are engaged in or what they are engulfed in on the daily basis, sometimes that's their comfort level. That could be just their culture. And it's difficult for people to change. So, you know, we we have different measurements of success for everybody. We try mm-hmm. not to make it, you know, a one healing journey for everybody because everybody's is different. And so, whereas 
it may look like I haven't progressed that much. I could be leaps and bounds from where I was and vice versa for someone else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so we, we just try to do what we can do for everybody and, and pace, you know, you have to pace people Mm. clinically. That's where the clinical stuff comes in. Like I have to be aware and mindful of the signals that you're giving me. They're not always going to be verbal. So as a clinician, I need to know if I need to pull back or if I can dig a little Mm. deeper or if I can take you somewhere or, you know, I need to also make sure that you have the tools for me to take you to these different places and for you to revisit trauma and, you know, for me to do these different things. And I have to make sure that I put you back together and and make Mm. you feel whole and joyful and happy like when you leave my presence and give you some tools that if you do have another breakdown you know once you leave me because things come up and once you open up that well I always tell my clients like you can't just pick and choose what door you going to open like once you start doing this work Mm, you don't know it could be all kind of stuff that come up so you know I always tell them we we try to start you know with a foundation of grounding and tool building mm. first so that you can be on this healing journey successfully because I don't want anything to happen you know to anybody I think that's phenomenal and oh god it's so much work from both your end and theirs but you, yeah. the way that you're approaching things is so important because something that you said earlier in the conversation is still resonating with me and it was something along the lines of you know when when one person in the family is doing the healing journey and then they go home back to a toxic environment or they're back, whether it be a group of friends, a workplace, family, whatever, it's so hard to, to get out of that. What seems like a trap almost in, in that moment. And to remember, Hey, I have these tools. I am stronger. I am in control because you know, there's so many external factors that can affect that. So it's almost like you're giving them a shield in a sense. Yeah. And if they utilize these tools, they can continue to strengthen their shield and their sword, and then they can go back into their environment, hopefully for not too much longer, but however long it may be, you know, yeah. and, and take as best of care of themselves as they possibly can. Cause that's really tricky. You know, you're a product yeah. of your environment yes. and we get so our brains are almost wired to go with what we know, go with what we're comfortable with. We don't want to go outside our comfort zone. No, because the fight or flight kicks in and we're like, no, thank you. Mm -mm. Right. I'm going to run away from that. Right. So, right. It's really tricky. What has that been like from, for, from your perspective, having to provide these tools and these resources and do this work with these individuals and then see them you know, struggle and, and see them grow. But like, what has that done for your mental health as a therapist? How do you take care of yourself? Oh, uh, you know, what's so funny. I get this question all the time. The people are like, are you okay? Cause my <laughs> schedule is like insane. Like really, I was talking to my line. Every sister. therapist I know. Seriously. I was talking to my line sister earlier telling her, my sister, she's like, are you okay? Are you taking care of yourself? And I'm like, I, I promise you all, I do. I am a lot of times, I am literally exhausted. I will not lie about that, really. But I do. I have sessions. I do therapeutic sessions regularly. I do a lot of healing work on my, you know, myself, energy healing and healing of like 
on the depths of DNA, like things that have been passed down, you know, through generations and through the women in my family. Um, I work out, I have a trainer I've been working out with for almost 13 years now. Like I've been in his fitness club. I, yeah, for real. Like I used to be over 330 pounds at one point in my life. Yes. And I lost all, like I lost like 138 pounds naturally. I have about 48 pounds that I need to re-lose, but we've been working together. And I think he just went back to having our regular classes earlier this year. So I know by the next year, I should be in a different position, but yeah, I get up at four, four 30 and I meditate, I pray, I listen to inspirational, whether it's music or a sermon and I just take time for myself. I go work out and I'll stretch, sit in the sauna. I have my gym uncles. They're like the <laughs> 70 and older crew. I mean, and I absolutely love them. Oh, that's funny. Um, they are such an inspiration to keep me going. Um, I do spin. I, wow. you know, I do my food prep when I can. I really do try to take care of my tempo because I know that if I don't take care of me, I can't, you know, I can't be here for anyone else and I can't preach or tell somebody to do something and I'm not doing it. So I, re- I really do take time there. I do need to take a little more time, but for the most part, I do. I really do, you know, take care of myself. You know, I just, I don't even know how I do it sometimes. I, <laughs> my, my, my faith in, you know, just my faith in God and just, I don't know, all those things that my mom ingrained in me from when I was young, they are with me today. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but I, I love what I do. Like when I work with my clients, it does not feel like work to me. It That's doesn't. Huge. Um, That's huge. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's a blessing for me to be able to give people a different perspective just on life and how to live your life and just to, to teach them, you know, what I did and what I went through just on my own healing journey. You know, my mom was single. So my dad wasn't there. My dad is there now. So when I tell these stories, I don't want people to be like, oh, your dad ain't nothing. No, my dad, <laughs> dad worships the absolute ground that I walk on today. But he wasn't there, you know, growing up. And I did have a lot of animosity and resentment, not because my mom spoke ill of him. My mom never said a negative word about my father. Wow. I'm growing up. She always told me the truth about why he wasn't there. Hmm. Um, so I think that was um, healing for me. And just spoke to the true strength of the woman that she was. I have no recollection of any negative words my mom said. She gave me the opportunity to grow up and learn on my own, mm-hmm. you know, so that I could have my own perspective. And she told me that. She's like, I wanted you to have your own relationship and your own outlook on, you know, who your father is. And I, and I, wow. I appreciate her for that. That's huge because a lot of people, again, they hold grudges or they pass on, they project onto their children, whatever their relationship is with their control. Mm -hmm. Yep. Control. Exactly. (laughs) It's amazing. We we have to learn how, literally learn how to, to let go and just, and do what's best for your children. She did what was best for you. That's fucking huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a, big I think it's way harder to do what she did than to project it's so much easier to get angry and to let your emotions take control of you and to lash out 
and talk ill of someone or whatever it may be mm-hmm. rather than take the high road and right. do what's best for your child. She saved you some trauma. Like, it. and she gave you some closure that most kids don't get. Yep. Yeah. I think that's fucking fantastic. Like that's yep. amazing. Yes. And oh, man. you can imagine our kids, like what our kids are seeing every day, especially in the African-American communities, what they're seeing, not in just their homes or community outside, but also in schools, on the school buses. Nationwide, um, just on the nation. news, on social media, like everywhere. Yes. You can't yes. escape it. Yes. So we have to get their minds back, train them, teach them how Training. to rewire their brains that part because you can it's possible you can yep I always say like the brain is a think about it as a muscle you got to train it but you you just have to like you have to do it I tell them like it's not gonna fall in your head (laughs) I tell them it's not gonna fall in there if it would don't you think everybody would be like okay cool yeah Yeah, let's do it like magic wand think healed like exactly no, but I, you know, I tell my I'm going to give you the blueprint. I'm going to get, I'm going to give you all that I got to give you. I'm going to lay it out here for you. It's no different than, like you said, the brain is a muscle. You, you were talking yes. about how you lost all that weight. Yes. Well, you did it because you put in work. Yes. I had to work. Don't you think if I could just lay down and eat what <laughs> I want and be the size that I want, don't you think I would have done it? Everybody would. Oh, <laughs> please. No, I had to put in, I put in some serious work. My trainer, he'll tell you, he'll tell anybody, yeah, she works. She put in. And it's hard. It's hard. It's tedious. It's time consuming. And it took years. It didn't happen. It took years. It took me probably eight. I told my trainer one day, I was like, you know, I realized I worked out for seven years and didn't lose a pound. Mm, Damn. Yeah. It was probably just inches. And I just was like, you know what I got, if I stop, what what am I going, what's going to happen? If I, if I give up, I'll never know Yeah, what I could have accomplished, you know? Yeah. So. Also too, aside from it being like that, it's also something that I've learned and I've talked about it on a interview that I did this morning too. Mm-hmm. It's like, and I think for a lot of people, it's harder for them to tap into this side of healing because they don't have self-respect for themselves yet. Mm-hmm. They don't care enough about themselves yet because they're still dealing with, or they don't know how to. Yeah. Yeah. And they're still dealing with all the things that externally they've been told and now have morphed into what they consider their identity. So they just haven't tapped into that side of them. That's like, you know what? Fuck all that. Yes. I deserve better. Mm -hmm. I don't care what anyone else thinks. Yeah. I'm still a human being. I still take up space on this planet right and I'm gonna do this for me if anything and in like in that process you're still helping everyone else like when you heal your generational trauma when you work on Mm -hmm. yourself Mm -hmm. you're helping everyone else in the world because it's one less person who's gonna pass on yeah that stuff that they've been through and dealt with so anyway it's so (laughs) so so true (laughs) I could talk about this forever I know. I know. Right. Well, I want to say thank you so much for coming on, reaching out to me in the beginning, like finding me. This has been months in the making. Months in the making. (laughs) I mean, shit has just been so crazy. So thank you for your patience. 
thank you for thank this you. opportunity for me to have you on here yeah. and for being vulnerable today and, and talking about yeah. your experience. Thank you. I really appreciate, I appreciate it. you for, for having this space for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we wrap, um, if people want to find out more information about you, about the film, where can they go on social media or online? Okay. So for, you want to find out more information about me, my fabulous team. <laughs> I absolutely love them. Like they, I always tell people I have the best team in the world. I don't even care. I'm hands down, <laughs> hands down. So, but anyway, uh, they can go to www.wholefamilyhealinggroup.com. There's information about me, information about why I started the business, information behind the logo. There's a story, a very special story behind my logo. And that's on my website. We're on social media at Whole Family Healing Group, LLC. We are on TikTok. Okay. We, uh, I'm not doing I'm gonna do some fun videos at some point, but I've been posting a little stuff here and there. We are on we have Pinterest, we are everywhere. Instagram, everywhere. Facebook, whole family healing group. And you may see Maisha Lynette on the Hush page. You can see Hush documentary on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, and you can go to 838films.com forward slash hush or either hush the documentary on the website. And if anyone wants to make a contribution so that we can continue this journey to heal people and spark much needed conversations about Black mental health, you can make a contribution. There's a GoFundMe page as well. You can find that on the 838films.com page. But other than that, we are looking forward to everything that this film is going to bring. I'm looking forward to helping people, families, children, individuals heal and I'm just, I'm so blessed to have this opportunity. Thank you so much. And thank you again for the work that you do. Cause that's just not easy, <laughs> but it's necessary. So yeah. thank you. And thank you for coming on and joining me and yes. talking about all the things. I know I had so much fun. <laughs> me too. All right. Well, that's all. That is all for this episode. I want to say thank you to the listeners because without you, I really wouldn't have a show. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Wondering Mind podcast. Until next time, maintain your brain and keep on wondering.